Welcome to Unscripted, the Field of 68's Michigan State Basketball Podcast. Carter, we have games to talk about. The Spartans played last night. Champions Classic did not go how Spartan fans were hoping. But there has been a bit of an uproar on the social media channels. And you and I have talked a little bit on the side, but not in depth. So I don't know where we're going to go with this. But I personally have a lot to say about it. How are you feeling about it? Oh, I definitely got some things to say about it because I came away with thoughts from that game. And the narrative that I was seeing from other Spartan fans, Spartan Nation in general, I'm not going to lie, it was irking me a little bit. Uh, We're going to get into it a little in depth, but just as a little teaser, I actually saw some dialogue today that A.J. Hogard has a little Cassius in him, maybe. And someone followed that up with a rebuttal saying that, I don't know, I see a little bit more Mateen Cleaves in him. I I literally almost threw up in my mouth saying that. Like, it's unbelievable. But I would love to know your thoughts on the game because I feel like I'm coming at a different point of view than you. Yeah, let's start with the game itself. And I guess to preface it, a couple things I'm obligated to say. We're both wearing the same shirt right now, and that was unplanned. All my homies hate Dan Dockage. Go ahead and get yours at the sleeper store. There is a link somewhere. I don't know where it is at this point. but In our bio. Just go get it. Uh, Carter and I are also coming off of a two-hour happy hour session on the Field of 68's After Dark all-day live show. It was an awesome event. Shout out to everybody who was involved. Shout out to Dagan, the producer, who absolutely killed it. Uh, But also, like, we wrapped up that happy hour treating it like a real happy hour. I was drunk. I don't know if you were. We haven't really talked about this. I was drunk when that ended uh, because I'm going to do my job and drink if we say we're going to drink. Of course, I did that. Now... The drunkness sort of settles in around halftime of the Michigan State game, which is tough. Uh, I took to my Twitter fingers and decided to start tweeting about Michigan State. And I was very quickly uh, brought up to speed on what it's like to have a dialogue with Michigan State fans in the middle of a game where I disagree with most of what the consensus fan base sayings were. So I got some flack. Uh, I stand by. Over half of the things that I said, we'll get into that, but there are certain ones that I've since come around on uh, from a little more evaluation with a sober set of eyes today. So we'll, we'll talk about it all. Let's start with the game first, though. Michigan State kept it close in the first half, very back and forth first half. Kansas ultimately just proved a little deeper, a little more talented, in my opinion, than this Michigan State team. Ochek Baji was the best player in the game. I mean, you could probably start and end there. They had a true scorer who was able to go out and get 29 points last night. Yeah, but before I even dive into Michigan State, I think that you really kind of hit the nail on the head right there. I came away so impressed with this Kansas basketball team, especially if that's the Abaji that they're getting for the rest of the year. I mean, me and you mentioned it before on a couple other episodes. We were talking about it. We think he's their best player. We think he's the most talented it seemed that in recent years, it, he kind of was like a guy who just really plays his role, doesn't really show some assertiveness, or maybe it's a case where Bill Self had more of an idea of giving Scooter Braun a couple more shots and letting him kind of shoot things more. But last night, you saw an aggressive uh, Ochai, and then, I mean, he was really looking like an absolute NBA player last night. And beyond him, Kansas as a whole is really really well put together hint hint maybe Izzo can look at how that team was put together through the transfer portal and maybe apply that to his team he went out there and he got players that were needed for his offense uh Remy Martin actually was pretty good in the second half playing the role he needs to play 
He was great in the second half. He, he was, was phenomenal he, in the second half. He was. And I think the best part about it is, and I think Ant might have mentioned this on the live stream the other day, it's a beautiful thing for him to be able to bring in a player like Dewan Harris off the bench. Or sorry, or just bring in a player like Dewan Harris to kind of take over at point guard. Does stuff completely different than Remy. Is out there doing exactly what the team needs. Was very impressed with this Kansas team. Now on to Michigan State. Wait, wait, Sorry, wait. I have a couple of Kansas thoughts. Uh, free yeah. Joseph Yesifu, first of all. Like, oh, I, hey, I, free my guy, man. Come and on. They don't, they don't need him. So I, I'm not blaming Bill Self for that because they don't need him. But, man, he committed prior to Remy Martin. I sure wish a different team could have landed with Joseph Yesifu because I love I his still game. Think Joseph, I still think Joseph Yesifu is better than Remy Martin, by the way. Eh, I, I think people owe a lot of apologies to Remy Martin. Every talking head on earth wants to talk about, oh, he's actually a horrible basketball player. He can't play on a winning team. Well, you know what? Yes, he can. He really pulled away in the second half in a really big game last night for Kansas. One game. We'll see. It, sure, it is one game. It's all we have to evaluate. I mean, what's 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 Kansas going to do? Miss the tournament this year? Remy Martin's going to start on a team that's going to compete for the Big 12 title. That narrative is just stupid. Like, I, Okay, yeah, but that narrative is going to switch up real quick if he costs no. them a game or something. I see, I, he I, will I, cost I them. Say. There will be ups and downs with Remy Martin, but can he succeed on a good team? Of course he can. He's a talented okay. basketball player. Uh, also, I, I've decided I have a new nickname for O.J. Ogbaji, and you're going to hate this, but uh, Carter, you know, in, in the real world, in the music world, Scooter Braun, Talented man in his own right, I guess, but he's really nothing without Justin Bieber. We're going to call Oche Agbaji Oche Egg Bieber the rest of this season because Scooter Braun becomes a good role player when Oche Agbaji decides to be the superstar that he is. Greg, you are great at what you do. I've always said this, but by golly, was that absolutely atrocious. That might have been your worst ever in our history of podcasting. That was absolutely god awful. Never say it again. I stand I mean, by it. And I, I say that because I, I, I love you, okay? Hey, I stand by it. Ocheak Bieber killed it last night. Uh, let's Ooh. move Let's move to Michigan State. Um, I mean, where to start? A.J. Hogard was the player of the game. Can't believe I'm saying that. 17 points, 8 for 13 from the floor, 4 assists. Uh, some of the quote-unquote best transition point guards since Mateen Cleaves maybe came to fruition last night. He looked really good in transition. Uh, I owe AJ Hogarth an apology. I really do because I don't, I didn't think he would ever be a positive on the court for Michigan state team. He was last night. Now I have more thoughts. We'll get into on whether or not that's a good thing for Michigan state that AJ Hogarth is the only positive outcome from last night. Um, but if we're going to talk about AJ Hogarth, we're also obligated to talk about the other side of that coin, which is Tyson Walker starting point guard who was pretty damn non-existent in his debut yeah and you and and you know what I think the most alarming thing for me with Tyson Walker it wasn't his play because I mean I mean it was his play but like play you can fix like shots you're gonna hit shots I bet money that Tyson Walker is gonna play better but the fact of the matter is and it might just be me looking into it but when I was watching him play I saw a player that was afraid of the moment I mean it kind of looked like he was either afraid of the moment thinking way too much or just absolutely in his own head and not trusting himself as a basketball player. Like Tyson Walker's had some big games, uh, whether it be against Northeastern opponents, but he's got some big games against, you know, pretty big time division one programs. And I did not strike him or he did not strike me as a player that would be kind of caught up in the moment and overthinking the game. You could literally look at him playing. And I was like, he's thinking way too much. Like sometimes you just got to hoop. Like it's simple, but 
it can lead to so many great things. And we need steadiness at point guard. And we need someone who is not going to get caught up in the moment. Like you think of all the great Michigan State point guards, it's point guards that are cool, they're calm and collected in all situations. The fact that he looked razzled out there and that he was overthinking was very alarming to me. Uh, I think it's great that A.J. Hogarth played extremely well, but we need A.J. Hogarth to play well to complement Tyson Walker as a starting point guard. It's not good if we get nothing out of our starting point guard and everything out of the backup point guard. It's not going to work like that. Yeah, so I, I just thought Tyson was tentative is the word that comes to mind. Like, yeah. I don't think he looked out of place necessarily. I don't think the moment was too big for him. I just think for one reason or another, he was not aggressive at all. And I, no matter who you are, if you're going to run the show as Michigan State's point guard in that fast-paced transition offense, you can't hesitate. And to me, that's what Tyson Walker was really doing almost every possession last night. Uh, I, I'm not out on Tyson Walker. Obviously, it's one game. But I need to see that change when they play a good team because I think it's easy for a player of his skill set to go out and kill in an open practice setting or to go out and kill when you're playing the exhibition games. He'll probably go out and kill against Western Michigan. But we need him to show up with that mentality in a big game. Luckily for Michigan State, there's a lot of opportunities for those on the schedule. They go to Butler next week. Uh, and that's going to be a, a true road test that I'll be very curious to see if Tyson Walker is up for the challenge. Let me ask you this. How long of a leash does Tyson Walker have as the starting point guard? Uh, I think he has a pretty long leash, actually. I think that A.J. Hogard is – I liked what I'm seeing out of him, but I'm not ready just to just absolutely just make him like the starting point guard of this team. Like, backup players have good games a lot. Like, it happens. It's good to have. Like, you need to have some production out of your backup when your starter maybe isn't doing what he needs to do. Now, Tyson not doing what he needs to do cannot lead to, like, two points, four fouls, like, no assists. Like, I mean, he had, an, he had a really terrible statistical game, and he looked out of place to me. Um, but I think that he has a pretty long leash. I'm not ready to give A.J. Hogarth the keys to this team by any means or any stretch of the imagination. Do you want to go to some of the public comments on AJ last night now, or do you want to save those for the latter half of this and go to the other positions? I'll save it to the latter half. But the last thing I do want to say about Tyson Walker too, is like literally in my experience as being a basketball player, like you have like these moments where like these coaches try to say things to you or your teammates try to say things to you and tell you what to adjust and tell you what to do. But literally sometimes it really just takes you looking at yourself in a mirror or just talking to yourself and saying like, dude, just go hoop. Like act like you know how to play. You know how to play, obviously. Go out there and hoop. There's nothing anyone can do for you in this situation. You have the keys. You have the tools. You have the ability. Just go hoop. You can do it. Be confident in yourself. Tyson, I hope you see this. You're a hooper. Go do you. All right. But now we can move on. Had to get that out much else. All right. Let's move to kind of the two guard and the wing spots. Max Christie was uh, the starting two guard last night. Three for 10 from the floor. Two for four from three. A very willing shooter. I thought he took some semi-contested shots that would be bad shots for other players that are not bad shots for Max Christie. Let's make that very clear. Max Christie needs to go out and hunt shots. He did that last night. They didn't necessarily all go in, but I liked that mentally from him. He finished with nine points, zero assists, three rebounds, played 31 minutes. He led the team in minutes last night, which is a good sign. Uh, what'd you think of Max in his debut? I thought that was great, honestly, because that's what I want from Cormac in every single game. I need 10 plus shots. 
30 plus minutes. I did was I there wasn't one shot that he took that I was like, mm, no, that's not it. Honestly, thought we could have gotten some more shots. It really seems that at this point of the year, uh, we're a little reluctant to run things for Cormac. Uh, I saw a lot of things trying to be run for Gabe, which I'm not mad at. But I would like to see a lot more things with Cormac coming off the screens, you know, maybe some pin downs, having the ball in his hand a little more. But to be honest, I really liked all the shots that he was getting last night and all the shots he took. I'm not really worried about him. We need him to be a 30 minute a game guy. We need him to be a 10 plus shot a game guy. Uh, he needs to be that guy for this team. So I was not upset with what I saw from Cormac last night. If anything, I was, uh, you know, I think it's a positive. Yeah, the biggest number to me was 31 minutes played. I mean, you just need that man on the floor. I think you're right. They need to do more with the ball in his hands. The one thing that I, I would say visually was very apparent was he was very much an off-ball player in that game. Mm -hmm. He still got a lot of shots. It felt like the team was you know, consistently looking to get him the rock off the pass. He was really good at relocating. Like Hogarth had some really nice like penetration, jump stop kickouts after max relocated i think that's a great staple of this offense in the half court that we should look for all season long but this team really lacks some dynamic on ball scorers which again that's part of the point guard problem right now max christie is the only option on this team to be a go-to guy that can create offense for himself off the dribble so we're going to need to see that if he's playing 31 minutes entirely off the ball it's a little dicey hopefully by the end of the season they start to work him more into some pick and roll opportunities uh, and just really go let him have some freedom to be him and get a bucket. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they're offering a special $250 match bonus for your very first deposit. What sets them apart, though, is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. That's rare, Carter. I know that's rare. We, we've been around the betting world before. That doesn't oh, yeah. happen very much. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer. It's more secure. It is more reliable. And with basketball season tipping off, you can get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, you better call Carter Elliott. Just kidding. You better call 1-800-GAMBLER. Cart, you love BetRivers. I do love Bet Rivers. I mean, like you said, I've been through a lot of sports books. Take it from me. Greg knows this. Me and him both have been to a lot of sports books and used a lot of sports books. Bet Rivers is high quality, high class. We use it ourselves. And, you know, instead of maybe working hard at work to get a raise, download that Bet Rivers app and let's take advantage of some of these lines at the start of this college basketball season and let's win some money, baby. To the other veterans on the wing, Joey Hauser, Gabe Brown, pretty much the same players they were last year. Joey Hauser, really the exact same role player he was last year. Gabe Brown, more minutes. Some pretty empty numbers, I would say. He finished with 10 points, four for nine from the floor, two for five from three. Uh, I'm not sure that I see a jump from either of those guys coming, Carter. I think I'm most disappointed in Joey Hauser out of every player last night. Um, I don't want to say this, but can we really even expect anything out of Joey Hauser except being able to hit some open shots? Like, yeah, at this point, at this point, all I expect for him is to hit 40% from three. Cause I feel like I can't expect him to do anything else. If he tries to dribble, he loses it. He's very weak with the ball. He's not really a rebounding threat. Yes, he um, is. He pulled in more rebounds than the centers. That, that doesn't mean Same. they all had seven boards, but like it, I let's not act like Joey Hauser can't rebound because he literally has been a very strong rebounder his whole career. People 
The optics of Joey Hauser tell a totally different story than what he is. He missed a couple of threes last night. If he shot two for three from three instead of one for three, everyone's going to act like he had a good game. Instead, he had a bad game. Joey Hauser can't defend. That's not changing. Like, that's a problem that if you're going to need Joey Hauser to play 30 minutes a game, is a big problem. But, like, as a starting four who's going to spend half the game on the bench, like, he is what he is at this point. And, like, I'm sick of people acting like that's not an asset to the team or, like, they expect no. some sort of jump from Joey Hauser. It's, He's it's a not role an player. A, He's it's a not an player. asset. If anything, I think we need to blame Tom Izzo because he was hyping this dude up like he was the next pick-and-pop greatness and no one's seen it yet. Look, I just think – I think this applies to both Gabe and Joey. They are role players. Okay. They can be very good role players. They really can be, but like, I don't see the Gabe Brown jump to where he's the leading scorer on this team. Like some people thought could happen or hoped could happen. There's a reason Gabe Brown has spent three years off the bench playing 14 minutes a game. And it's not because rocket Watts and Josh Langford were killing last season. Like this guy, for whatever reason, hasn't earned opportunities until now. Now he's a captain. Now he's a senior. And they got no one to play the backup wing spot. So now he has to play 30 minutes. And honestly, I expect these type of performances from Gabe Brown and Joey Hauser. If Gabe can give us 10 points on four for nine shooting, to me, that's like the best case version of Gabe. Other than yeah, the but, but all fire. those attempts came so late. Those are a lot of garbage attempts. But the, isn't the point Gabe Brown can't do anything off the dribble? Neither can Joey Hauser. Like these are guys... If this team's going to be good, we knew this was the formula. They're going to be elite shooters off the ball, but we need someone to come in and be the guy that makes the plays. And last night, A.J. Hogard was that. And maybe that's the only answer. But to me, why I was so upset and why I took to Twitter to voice these concerns is because Tyson Walker was brought here to be that guy. And if Tyson Walker is a total non-factor in a game, then this team is the exact team we had last year. Right. Just with, he, without Aaron Henry. <laughs> right. But, but Tyson Walker can be that guy. I still think he can too. But again, he wasn't last night. And that's where it leaves you in a tough spot, which is and why. That's what you, and, and that's what you get. And the, the argument to me, which why I got in a back and forth here is it seems like all the blame is going to those role players. It's like, we got nothing from Joey Hauser and Gabe Brown. No, you got what you got all last season from Joey Hauser and Gabe Brown. Those guys aren't going to magically become 15 a game scorers. Yeah, what? It's, it's true. Yeah, I know. You're enlightening me a little bit here, Greg. I see what you're saying. A lot of what we talked about in the preseason and leading up to these games is how Tyson Walker and the point guard play would make things easier for a lot of players. When you didn't have that last year, like you said, we basically had the same exact thing going on that we had last year. Now, I think Tyson Walker can be that guy. Uh and I think he's shown he can be that guy, but he's got to be aggressive. He, he's got to be aggressive. I don't think he's been aggressive. I don't think he's been aggressive in any of the exhibition games either, which is that's why I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Like I thought like he was maybe being tentative in the exhibition games, trying to get his feet wet, you know, get going. And he would show up on the big game on the big stage. And he didn't. And that is concerning. And it's something that's going to be in the back of my mind when I'm watching the rest of these games. Uh, and hopefully it's not a pattern. Because we're going to be playing a lot of big games. Welcome to the Big Ten. There's hella big games. You're at Michigan State now. So, yeah, you got to be ready for that type of thing. Now, Hogard being great is a positive development. Like, let's be clear about that. Obviously, a player playing well is a good thing for a team. No question. Like, the floor at the point guard spot, to me, has already been raised significantly from where it was last year. Because if this is A.J. Hogard, 
maybe minus the off the dribble jumpers. Like I don't expect him to hit those all season long, but if he can be this good in transition and be a very willing passer, he had some phenomenal pocket passes, skip passes. If he can just do that, that's more competent play from the point guard spot that Michigan state had last season. However, all of what AJ Hogard can be would be a really great backup point guard. It's not going to be high quality play as a starting point guard. If it's AJ Hogard this season, it's just not, he's not dynamic enough offensively to unlock everything else that has to happen for this team. And yes, that's why I'm frustrated that other people don't seem to see this because the entire point of the off season was we got our guy It's Tyson Walker. And if it's not Tyson Walker, well, we left two scholarships open that we could have gone out and got other guys who could have done something like, let's, let's be real. I complained about the wing depth because why didn't you go out and get a guy who could be a bucket getter or be something, be a stretch four? like now we are penciled in Carter. We are locked in to needing Gabe Brown to play 30 minutes to need Joey Hauser and Malik Hall to play 45 minutes combined. We haven't even mentioned Malik Hall total non-factor last yeah. night. So like the team's, Hands are already tied again to me. Like we're already at the point where we're looking for more than we have on the roster. And to me, that was a miss this off season that we didn't address that. Right. No. And you know what, that's, that's, you, you know, you're not saying anything wrong there. And I think that a lot of what we were talking about with this team is guys taking jumps and it, uh, there was no jumps, <laughs> at least based on what we saw last night, there's been no jump. So it's alarming, but at the same time, can't freak out way too much. But also the point of not freaking out is also not overreacting to what players did in that game. Like, relax with A.J. Hogarth takes, okay? Like Greg said, a good backup point guard is what he is. That's what he should be. Just let yeah. me know. We're, uh, and we're, we'll, we'll get to the point at A.J. Hogarth comments in just a second. Let's talk about the center spot quickly, though. This is the one thing I will openly say. I was wrong about. I'm going to take some flag. Are you just taking a pull of Tito's right now? Well, I'm about to talk about Marcus Bingham, so I need a little something. <laughs> you have a men's league game in like an hour. <laughs> Whatever. All right, look, I, I will take flag. I was wrong on this. Last night I said there's a carousel at center. There's no upgrade. It's the same thing we had last season. Upon further review, folks, the center spot was not the problem last night. We got quality play. Now, I think Carter might feel a little differently, and he'll get into that. Um, but it wasn't a carousel. It was two guys combining to play 34 minutes last night, combining for 23 points and 14 rebounds in Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble. And if that's what you're going to get every night from those two, I would say that's about the best-case scenario. Where I was coming from is that I really want to see one of those guys emerge and just be a 25-minute-a-game center. I think you need that. I think – there's no reason in this day and age, in this world of college basketball, that Michigan State shouldn't have been able to go out and get a guy who is deserving of that. You're in a conference that has monsters at center. You need a guy like that. And if you didn't think Marcus Bingham was going to be deserving of 25 minutes a game this year, then go get someone. You saw Kentucky do that with Toshibwe. Duke did that to an extent with Theo John. Like there were no shortage of starting centers that you could go out and get that would have factored into the center rotation. Michigan I, State I, chose not to do that. I'd kill for Theo John right now. Right. Michigan State chose not to do that, which has to mean they like what they have in Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble. And now last night they were solid. Like I said, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 34 minutes. If you get that every night, I think you can probably win with that. 
you feel a little bit differently. What are your thoughts? I just I just find myself disappointed with Marcus Bingham. And this is why I'll, and this is what I'll say about it. As a senior, you know, there's there's a lot of expectations on him. Uh, everyone's been waiting for him to take the jump, you know, be that guy. We hear all this stuff about him getting stronger, da da da, this and that. It is what it is. Um, to be honest, last night, I really didn't think was that great of a game from him, to be honest. Uh, I thought he was hesitant when he was shooting those open threes, which killed us. Like, if you're going to take those threes, take them confidently, let them fly. But more importantly, I thought that his defense was very overrated last night. Whenever David McCormack wanted to, he was putting Marcus Bingham under the hoop. Like, Marcus Bingham was under the hoop. He sealed him. All he had to do was finish. Luckily for us, McCormack was not that great finishing last night, but all I could see myself doing, and I'm like, if that's a Travion, if that's an EJ Liddell, Zed Key, I mean, all these bigs that are in the league. Zed Key. Hey, Zed Key had a game winner last night, and that man knows how to seal. Hunter Dickinson. (laughs) Not going to mention Kofi Colbert. Not going to mention Hunter Dickinson. Zed Key. Zed Key, the thick king who can't even jump over a piece of paper, but he knows how to seal, goddammit. They, he could get there whenever he wants. And I just don't understand, like, how you have a guy who's been in the program for so long and honestly physically isn't, like, a large individual that he gets winded so goddamn quick. Like, he literally can only go in five-minute spurts without yeah. – and then, and then he's tired. Look, this is the same conversation I have on the wings, but, like, to me, Marcus Bingham is Marcus Bingham. We've known that. Guys don't randomly make massive jumps in their senior year. And you gave me crap for this weeks ago. Like, oh, guys at Michigan State, they do. Like, sure, some guys do. Marcus Bingham isn't that guy. Like, let's flip this from a rivalry perspective. Do I think Brandon Johns is magically going to become a pro this season? No, because he's Brandon Johns, okay? We've seen enough Brandon Johns to know that if given a larger role – Brandon Johns does not become an all-conference player. And that's what you're looking at on a Michigan State team that relies on big roles from Gabe Brown, from Joey Hauser, from Marcus Bingham. If any of those three have a jump to make, it's Joey Hauser to me. And he's not doing it, so still wait and see there. But, like, Marcus Bingham is what he is. And if he gives you what he gave us last night in 18 minutes, he's still the best center on the roster. But to my point about the point guard spot, that's not a good thing. If Marcus Bingham can only play 18 minutes a game for your team and he's the best center on the team, you are in trouble in the Big Ten. So what you're saying is, if I'm doing the math right and I carry the two, Michigan State's in trouble. I mean, unless the point guard spot figures itself out, which is very possible. Like if Tyson Walker just is the guy we thought he was going to be a week from now, then everything else unlocks. That's true. Like I I would – I would – you know, I always use the wait and see term and I really don't want to do that because last year I waited and seed and I wait and see till I was on selection Sunday stressing the fuck out and we didn't get picked. But like I said, but close on last year, but I would really want to judge this team when we get the Tyson Walker that we think we're going to get. Yeah. Now, when we get the Tyson Walker that I think we're going to get and it looks similar to what was last night, just with a Tyson Walker performance. Then we hit the alarm button and we freak the fuck out. But for right now, let's take a deep breath. Let's get a nice little win on Friday against Western and let's move on and see how the season goes. Tyson, do what you got to do, figure it out. But I think we will be, we're going to be okay. I know that. 
Yeah. The biggest moment last night in the game, though, was Marcus Bingham takes, uh, I want to say it was a transition three at the top of the key, clank, still like a two-possession game at this point, runs down, fast break, Ochegbaji pulls up, Bingham doesn't close out, bang. Bang. Six-point swing. To me, that's Marcus Bingham. Is that an IQ thing? Not necessarily, but like just weird decision-making, weird result. Um, And it'll be interesting to watch. I do think the fact that it was two guys – and they played pretty evenly minutes, is a step forward from what Izzo did last season. At least he's not inserting Sissoko here, you know? Yeah, no, and the last thing I'm going to say with the Marcus Bingham thing, even though you can shoot threes, that doesn't mean that that's what you need for the team. Like, I wasn't necessarily a terrible three-point shooter in college, but damn it, my team didn't need that, so I didn't shoot threes. We don't need threes from Marcus Bingham. It doesn't it, – it's not going to do anything. Even if Marcus Bingham was to hit one or two of those threes, I promise you on everything I love, Bill Self is saying, you're good. Like, we'll live with that. Like, you don't have to close out on that, McCormack. We will be okay. Like – Hey, to, your, to your point in college, though, weren't you always one eye looking at the bench? Am I going to get pulled when I shoot this three? You think that's happening with Bingham? I was one eye on the bench every time I shot. <laughs> Coach May was on my ass. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. So you mentioned it briefly, but looking forward, they got Western Friday. I mean, we expect a, a rather large win in that game. You want to set a line on this one? The line's not out yet, but. Uh, it's probably going to be like minus 29. I'd say 29 and a half. I'll, I'll take Michigan state to cover with that one. We'll see. Um, Sorry, Jake. And then they've got Butler a week from tonight when we're recording this Wednesday next week, I am actually going to Hinkle. I haven't even told you that card. I will be in Hinkle Fieldhouse. little credentialed press row for the boy. Hey. Uh, shout out to Michael Lofton. So sleepers media will have a presence at that Carter won't be there because he has more, much more important things to attend to. Uh, his wedding next weekend, folks, the event of the year. We'll see y'all there, but uh, we'll probably have another episode dropping. I would assume before that Butler game. So we'll at least get to talk, hopefully a big Michigan state win. Now, last but not least cart, let's address the elephant in the room. The comments from Spartan Twitter about a certain AJ Hogarth. You want me to go? I feel like, I mean, don't you want to go? This is your big moment here. It is. The absolute disrespect and just have some, you know, Twitter is a beautiful app because when you type up tweets, they don't just send automatically. You can take a look at them and you got to move your finger up to the right and hit send tweet. That's for a reason. Sometimes you need to think about what you say and think about what you put out there to the universe. AJ Hogard had a good game last night on AJ Hogard standards. Just because a player has a good game doesn't mean you got to run back to the state archives and compare him to every great Michigan State point guard that we have. He's AJ Hogard. We need him to be AJ Hogard. We need him to be a good backup point guard for this team. If he's our starting point guard, we are not going to have a good year. I promise you that. Yeah, the A.J. Hogarth hive reminds me of, like, seventh grade, like, youth school ball basketball where, like, there's some kid that takes all the shots and the coaches think that he's the best player. And then, like, all the role players get jealous. and They're like, well, why am I not taking all the shots? Like, A.J. Hogarth's not a star. He's not going to be a star. A.J. Hogarth can play well for A.J. Hogarth, and that will make an impact on this team. But if A.J. Hogard is the only option at point guard, that's problematic. And two, if I see 
anyone mention Cassius Winston's name in the same sentence as AJ Hogarth again? Oh, Carter. Block. I, no, straight I up. I'm block, I'm blocking you straight up because that's just, that's just, you, you don't, re, obviously, you don't respect yourself if you have those type of thoughts. So why would I respect you with a follow? I mean, where, where does it stop? Marcus Bingham really reminded me of Adrian Payne last night. I saw a lot of Miles Bridges in Gabe Brown, didn't you? Like, bro, even, even, even that Marcus Bingham reverse layup, dog, you are seven foot. Dunk the damn basketball. I can make one promise to you, Carter, and I'll, I'll promise you this on our friendship, on our sleepers media relationship right here. I'll, I'll promise this to the people. Michigan basketball is about to tip off in just a moment here. I'm going to watch that game. If Devontae Jones is horrible tonight, if he scores two points in 20 minutes and he just is terrible, and Zeb Jackson comes off the bench and scores 17 points, I promise I will not be comparing Zeb Jackson to Trey Burke. I will not be comparing him to Jalen Rose. And I will not be running around on Twitter talking about how Michigan found their point guard in Zeb fucking Jackson. Know your role. Know your team's players' roles, and let's all calm down a little bit about A.J. Hogard. Damn it. We good? And, honest, <laughs> and it's not fair to A.J. Hogard either. Sorry, last thing. Like, we're over here talking about – we're over here holding him to the standard of a Mateen Cleaves and a Cassius Winston? That would have been Cassius's worst game. For the love of God. Long it's okay. Go. It's, go- it's going to be okay. Go. It's going to be okay. All right, everyone will be all right. Look forward to these next couple games. We'll be back with another episode of Unscripted next week. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be me and you. Might get a guest. Might get a Spartan dog. Who knows? But uh, You're going to pull an Unscripted episode without me, and you're going to get a Spartan dog guest? You've had so yeah. much success with that over the last year and a half. <laughs> You getting guests was as successful as Tyson Walker last night. (laughs) All right. On this note, Carter, I feel like I've brought too much negativity to this broadcast. I'm sure I'm going to get shit for it from whoever listens to this. I probably alienated all of the listeners to this already by now. Let's both end with one positive thing to say about Michigan state. That's the rule of unscripted going forward. You go first. One positive thing. Um, I think that, all in all, like, I think we need to realize we were playing a Final Four caliber team yesterday. Um, you know, it's a bad loss. I'm not happy about a loss. But, like, at least we're not, you know, Pittsburgh losing to Citadel. You know, it's – or, you know, we're not, you know, Virginia losing the Navy. You know, we lost to the number three team in the country. They played extremely well. And all the problems that I saw with Michigan State last night are fixable in my eyes. I think it's fixable with a Tyson Walker, who is exactly what we expected. Last year, we didn't have any solutions. This year, I think we have solutions. It's just time for them to play like the players they are. So we'll be okay. On a scale of Jerron Simmons to Mike Smith, where is Tyson Walker right now? All right, yeah, you can end this. (laughs) All right, let me say my positive thing real quick. I think Tom Izzo did a great job last night. That's not me trolling. I think Tom Izzo made all of the right decisions. They didn't necessarily work out in his favor, but he started the starting lineup that I hoped that he would. I think on the fly, he ended up playing AJ Hogard, what he deserved. He played Hogard more than Tyson Walker because Hogard was better last night. I think he played the starting center minutes about right. I would have liked to see more Bingham, a little more and a little less marble or one or the other. 
But all in all, he settled on two guys and he ran with that. The rest of these guys, to me, it's on the players to figure some things out. I think they will. But all in all, I think Tom Izzo managed that game as best he could and gave Michigan State a good chance to win, uh, especially in the first half before things started falling apart. Oh, Gregory, that's very nice of you. Thank you. All right. On that note, Cart, uh, hopefully we will have some more positive stuff to talk about in the future, or you and your mystery Spartan player guest will have more positive things to talk about next week. Peace out. Bye, guys.